Hello everyone, in today's episode I'm joined with Stephen and, and, and Stephen has autism and today we're, we're, we're going to be hearing about um, his, his experience and um, or, or also going to be speaking about all the wonderful things Stephen does um, um, for autism and and all the great things. So thank you Stephen um, for joining me today. Um, could, could, could you uh, introduce yourself just, just to start off with? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So for those who don't know me, my name is Stephen McAllister, and I have high-functioning autism. I found out about the age of five when my mom told me about it, and <clears throat> throughout the years, I wanted to learn about how it affected my life and how I view the world differently than others. So nowadays, I'm trying to share that experience with other people and share and educate some people about the world of autism itself. So what I did was originally I was a freelance photographer, did that for a few years, and it was a good social experience. And then <clears throat> during that time, I became an author of two books, Traces, an Autistic Pathway to Creative Expression, which is about autism and daydreaming. It sold over 100 copies across the nation, awesome. and it was a lot of fun doing that book. And then the second one is On the Trail with Annie and Angel. It's a short story I did about a mother and her autistic child going down the same path, but not necessarily seeing the same thing. And both of those, those can be found on the Toastamac website, of course. And then I run a YouTube channel called Toastamac, where I do education videos about different topics about autism. I cover news articles about autism. And sometimes I do um, short documentaries that I call inspiring autism stories, where I share a story about a famous person like there was Satoshi Tajiri, the creator of Pokemon, Armani Williams, the first openly diagnosed autistic NASCAR driver, and there's also Anthony Hopkins. Some of you may have heard about him. So yeah. it's been going pretty good. Yeah, it, 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 sounds, it sounds you're doing like I'm um, really well, Stephen, like with uh, doing your own books and uh, you've got your, your YouTube uh, channel going as well. So um, um, do, you, do you find with um, it's always good to keep busy and, 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 and trying different things as well? Well, not only that, but like it's not just about keeping busy, but also um, <clears throat> it's also kind of diversifying what you do and also like um, having something to keep it going, to keep working towards. Because during grade school and college, I was used to assignments being handed to me and I just get it done and that's it. But with the books and the YouTube channel I did, that was the first time that <clears throat> it was a project where I showed initiative um, of my own, where it's like, this is something I want to do. I set the standards and I get it done. Not only that, it provides a nice little escape from like stuff in the real world, like uh, some stress at work or other factors that may be going in. So it's it's done a lot for me over the years yeah yeah it's it's always good when you put something like um put goals ahead and then you you um you can take time like as much time as you want to do them so uh, I, I think that's that's really good of you to do like a, a youtube channel as well as because you can talk about so much of autism can't you like um like you said to talking about the first um newly diagnosed person with autism um i think you said um and yeah, I think it's really good because um, over in the UK, um, when we have some like like really good like um, 
like I think I'd say famous people who who do like come out and so speak about it. We had um um I think most recently there was um an actor who played in um a, a series called Prison Break um and um and he and he recently got diagnosed and he he's not um he's like he's he's yeah it wasn't it wasn't the diagnosed young but it, it just quite recently which I found was really inspiring from like uh, uh it helps maybe more people uh speak about autism as well because um do, do you find it is quite important to like speak about autism oh uh, yeah because um <clears throat> because a lot of people would like to ask like is there enough autism awareness shouldn't we work on acceptance more acceptance is important but awareness comes first if people are still asking <clears throat> what autism is and <clears throat> what does it mean then that me that tells me that there's not enough autism awareness so we still need to tell people about that and it's a good good thing that my youtube channel does in fact um Earlier today, I was putting the final touches on the next autism video, which is going to be about autism and family gatherings. Since at the time of this recording, we got Thanksgiving coming up, we got Christmas coming up, New Year's. So there's going to be a lot of family gatherings in a short time. So I figured this would be appropriate to talk about those situations. Yeah, yeah, and and how often do you like um upload like your like like um, things on your your YouTube channel? I, use, I have a schedule where I upload videos on Saturday mornings. The first and third week, um, those are like autism news where I talk about the latest news articles. The second week is the one where I do the educational topics about autism. And then the fourth week is um, <clears throat> for inspiring autism stories. Now, there's not going to be a new episode of that um, on November or December, November because I'm actually celebrating my 30th birthday this week. So I'm going to be working on other things like uh, doing a live stream the day before Thanksgiving and then spending time with family and friends and stuff like that. And then December, um, that Saturday is actually Christmas. So I figured they'd want to spend more time around the Christmas tree and unwrapping gifts and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, happy birthday. Um, Stephen, I, I hope you have a good day because, um, like, like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. You kind of want to be not like putting your mind to recording things when you're like you want to celebrate your birthday. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's the most important because I, I, I did the same with my podcast. Like, um, like it's kind of like it's similar to your YouTube channel. Um, like, um, like, um, that you have times and dates where you you want to record an episode or when you want to release. I, I like a video um so it's it is important to have a, a schedule like you can have your breaks when you want it doesn't have to be done all the time it's, it's completely it's like yours it's, it's you take it as your own like you, you can do it when you want yeah believe it or not that's actually a big challenge for content creators in general it could be youtube it could be something else it's that point where you're working on it so much, but at the same time, you don't want it to get in the way of your personal life. Sometimes you have something coming up. Sometimes you just need a mental break. Sometimes the video might not come up to your standards and times so you may push it back to another day. 
But the thing to understand about content creators or content creating is that you are in control of the schedule. It does not control you. So it's an important thing to consider, but um, I can understand why some people might get a bit lost or overwhelmed after a while that they just hit, hit burnout and they just need a break before coming back to what they're doing. Yeah, I think, I think it's always good to have a break, um, especially maybe as you get into the winter as well, because um, it's like um, it's, it's like a time of year where it's Christmas time and, and, and stuff like that. And like, um, I mean, sheesh, uh, where I'm at in Colorado, there's no such thing as spring or fall. There's only summer and winter. Like, I kid you not, um, there was a time a couple years ago in May where we had this huge snowstorm in. And it, I think they called it Snowmageddon or something like that. I don't remember what the name of it was, but the snowstorm was so bad there. And mind you, this was in May. It was so bad that my boss um, had told me like, as soon as you're finished with this customer, log out and we need you to go home for the day because we need to close. And that's surprising because I work at the Home Depot at the time of this recording. And Home Depot is like one of the last places to close during a snowstorm because they have the things to get out of said snowstorm. So it could get pretty crazy here sometimes in terms of weather. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, um, well, I, I, over here, it's pretty much cold most of the year. Um, ah. But um, in summer, I do look forward to summer because it's not cold. And not as cold as it should be, but like, I think the summer um that just gone this year it didn't really feel much like summer because it wasn't really that sunny so um i, I know completely what you mean but but yeah it, it, it it's crazy because um it, the year goes really fast doesn't it yeah it's like <clears throat> i don't know if it's just me but um it feels like as the years go by as you get older and then time just seems to keep moving faster for some reason like there's some days of work that go just like that and already it's over and we're next thing you know we're into next week yeah it's crazy like um it doesn't seem that long ago it was the start of the week and then we're coming to the end of the week but (laughs) it's crazy um Stephen, just going back to your youtube channel um because um like um like when did you actually start your youtube channel um, I actually started my YouTube channel around seven uh, seven years ago, if I did my math correctly. Um, but one thing that a lot of people might be surprised to hear about is that I didn't always I did not always plan on being an autism advocate. Back then, I was just trying to make a name for myself, but didn't really know how. So. At first, I started out as with the freelance photography stuff. I got to go to all sorts of places, like there was wine festivals, fundraiser events, concerts. And I kid you not, there was one event in Baltimore where fundraisers, people who were trying to raise money for kidney health, were rappelling down a 30-story hotel all the way down to the fifth story of the hotel to raise money trust me no amount of video games can make me forget that side (laughs) and the fact that i have vertigo didn't really help that much so 
it got me exposed to different environments. But then when I was working with the Umbrella Syndicate, I also found the opportunity to uh, publish some books and become an author. Like the this is my first one. Now, this one actually started out as a college project, just something to get a grade. And didn't really have uh, like the short poem that you would see in the book, but um, it just had the imagery and that's it. So when I found out about the opportunity to become an author, that's when I thought, hmm, maybe I could make this a book about autism rather than just something that would just sit on the shelf and collect dust. Now, as for the YouTube channel, that originally started out as a gaming channel where me and Thomas would just play video games and record our reactions to the gameplay. So it was just something fun for us to do, just a little hobby on the side. At some point, I posted some autism videos for the first time. Now, mind you, this is not like the ones you see today with the green screen and the funny lines and all that stuff. It was more like me recording with just a camera and that's it, just talking about my personal experience and what my recommendations would be. From there, I realized that the autism videos were having more of an impact than any of the gaming videos ever did. Moreover, when a dear friend of mine contacted me and said one of her patients read this book, she described that the child, as soon as she was done reading this book, she went over to a drawer, got some crayons and other drawing materials and started creating art. So at that point, I started to realize that the work I was doing was having an impact on the people that were watching my content. So that's when I started to do the gradual shift from just a being a YouTuber who plays video games to more of being an autism advocate, creating content to educate people about autism. And that would eventually lead me to a couple of events where I get to be a speaker about it. One of them was honestly autism day. I spoke a little bit about my personal experience then, and also did a um, short video about how to address the autistic community. So and that was like a long time ago, mind you. I also got to be a part of like a TV interview and some radio interviews as well. So being an autism advocate for me has opened a lot of doors for me. It helped me understand like what my talent is and what I can do to not just make a name for myself, but rather to help others and provide for the community. And that was one of the hard lessons I had to learn about um, being a content creator, because back then I was arrogant as all get out, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. But um, <clears throat> it's like when you, you get to a certain point when you realize that <clears throat> if the path you walk always leads back to yourself, you'll never get anywhere. So when you really, the moment you really start to grow is when you are helping others, be it either education videos or even doing something as simple as making them laugh. When you do stuff for other people, you help them out. And when you help them out, you help yourself because that's how you grow in this kind of environment where you're trying to connect to other people to get to where you are today.
or where you want to be in the future. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 it's, it's, it's really good. Like the, the the way you're like 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 how your YouTube has got grown like over the years because like you said like starting off from a gaming and um like because like like and like, showing people like, what games you're playing I suppose and like like how, how you're reacting to what's happening in them is pretty cool and then and then deciding to um do it as well I was like speaking about autism and then making autism videos and then um like I like like inspiring the person to do art because uh from 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 reading your book as well which is awesome because um like you like you just don't know who 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 you inspire by just talking about your autism and I think I think I think it's really good because um but it helps other people it's going back to that awareness isn't it like if you talk about it um and it and it reaches someone um and it, they they may decide to, to to talk about their autism as well. There was also another time um, recently, I think it was like last year or so, where I received an email from one of the people watching my YouTube videos, and she was thanking me for the work I did, but also asked, like, I, like, she's seen these possible signs about autism and was wondering, like, do these signs mean that I'm autistic? Or like, do I need an official diagnosis and stuff like that? So I replied, thanking her for watching my stuff. And I made a video about this topic as well, like what to do if you think you have autism. And basically what I described to her was is that I myself cannot give a autism diagnosis to another person. Not only do I not have the training for that, I only know about autism, like some of the signs like stimming or repetitive action or anxiety and stuff like that. Some of those things could point to autism, but they could also point to similar developmental disabilities as well. And the thing is, like, you need to get an accurate diagnosis in order to get the right services that you need, because if you if you're treating a situation for the wrong developmental disability, then what happens is you may end up making the situation worse than it has been before. So what I recommended was to seek out a medical expert to get the official diagnosis, run the test and see for themselves. Then uh, several months later, she emailed me again, uh, again, thanking me, but also, um, saying that she actually went to a medical expert and got an autism diagnosis. And the way she described it was she felt like there was so many questions in her life that were finally answered because of the diagnosis. So it felt really good that I was able to make a difference in someone's life, even if it's like one or two, because to Sorry, I'm trying to remember how the phrase went. Um, I think it was to, to help one person is not to change the world, but to that one person, their life is changed forever. That's, so no, that's, that's really the kind phrase. of impact. Oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say that, 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 that that's a, a really good phrase. Yeah, so um, so it's 
really at that point where you see how your work is impacting other people that you realize that you have something, you can keep going at it, and this content is really working. Like my YouTube channel right now is really close to a thousand subscribers. And that's a critical milestone because from what I've heard that once you get to um, a thousand subscribers, then the channel starts growing a bit more at a bit of a quicker pace, not immediately mind you, but a bit quicker than you were if the subscriber count was in the hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've heard, I've heard so many things that I like YouTube and subscribers and everything. Like I, I, I have my own YouTube channel, but um, I don't really use it that much. Um, Cause um, I, I, I put a few videos now and there. Um, about different things about um something about autism um and then and then i noticed not getting many people so i kind of stopped um but um yeah i, I do i do I do enjoy watching like youtube and and the, and the different people who who like to raise awareness um i've seen a fair, a fair few people who like to speak about, about autism which i think is great um and like even relating hobbies as well like like gaming for example um for you and like I think I think it's great. Like I know like like getting past a thousand will be um, a, a really good achievement after after starting um, from, from from not not too much and then and then doing the more videos you do, I suppose you you gain more attraction to your your content. Yeah, one of the challenges of doing content creation is trying to figure out how to stand yourself out from the rest. So I had to take a look at other content creators and what they were doing some of them i've even collabed with like indie andy and there's also uh says francis i believe but i don't think oh, yeah. that's the name of her channel anymore i think she changed it recently oh yeah um and a few others and what i saw was and i'm not trying to throw them under the bus or anything i just see them record their videos with just the camera and whatever's in the room as the background and that's it. Um, even um, Daniel from the Aspie world does that and he's he's a big shot. Um, so I had to think like, what could I do differently that separates my content from theirs? So what I do is I use green screen effects and also visual, visualization to help kind of deliver the point across, but also make it look a bit more entertaining. That way it's not like those boring history channel documentaries that put you to sleep halfway through. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it, it's always good to have a little bit, like making it a bit like, not, not like the same as like, I know what you mean, what people do that day. They just so speak about different topics in autism and not have, um, maybe uh, anything else or like adding a little bit of fun to it but it's always good to do that but the thing with YouTube um, videos that the normally uh, the platform is for I think is it good to do long videos I think so like maybe about 30 minutes I find that it's a uh, like like people will watch that and yeah, I think I think it's great just to uh, be a bit like like do, 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 do what you want to do but um, it's, it's completely up to you how you do it one of the things I noticed in terms of like making YouTube videos, I've actually found out that people tend to watch shorter videos 
rather than longer ones. Like they'll watch the longer ones if the if they are really committed to that channel and that content in particular. But the rule of thumb that I try to use for my videos is like five to seven minutes. That's usually the benchmark I try to go for. Although sometimes I <laughs> usually go over the mark because I generally talk a lot. Like this one coming up is about eight minutes, eight and a half minutes, give or take. Okay. So it's a little bit over. But it's like the trick is to try to make it as short as possible, but at the same time be enough to get the point across. Like if you're doing an education video, it might not be enough to do just one mini video, one minute video, and that's it. Um, sometimes you would need, like I said, the five to seven minutes, depending on what content it is. So it's one of the things I learned a few years down the road. And it really makes a big difference on how long the, or short the video is. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Like, um, yeah, you have to be like, I like to say, like connected to like the um, the channel. Like, if, if you're like, um, maybe the first episode you watch is uh, probably the most important episode. So, uh, like, having to be um, be committed to every episode. Um, Quite, quite seriously I suppose because if like a, a new person comes to watch the channel and they're, they're not starting from the very first one you did but maybe a more recent one and they and they think nah I'm, I'm not in, that into that they may think uh, I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm not into this channel so like I think maybe like when you do do it you have to be like committed when you do want to do a video yeah, you do have to be um, committed to your work in order to stand out from the rest. Like, it's not just about um, making videos. It's also about making a personality for the videos. Like, it may be something similar to you. It might be something maybe completely different. But as long as you make, like, a personality to stand out, like in the videos I do, um, in the education videos, I try to be, like, bright cheerful but also trying to get the point across and then in the inspiring autism stories i would do like a kind of a lower tone voice more of a serious voice to kind of tell the story like i don't want the voice to be too goofy in those documentaries otherwise that'll take away from the impact that the video would have like another example is um that's right, a couple examples. One of them is, I believe his name is Game Over, Game Over Greg Miller. Greg Miller is like a nice guy in real life, but like in a lot of the videos, in some of the videos he does, he acts like, oh, I'm this big bad guy, ha 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 ha. But it's something that helps him stand out. And then another example of like making good short videos is Jay Shetty. Now he doesn't really act different. He just stays true to himself. And the reason I know that is because I actually met him. Sorry, I'm trying to fix the mic. There we go. Now the reason I know about Jay Shetty is because I met him once at VidCon, which is a convention for content creators via, be it either YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. So 
there was actually a time where I got to meet with Jay Shetty and ask him a couple questions. And he is very genuine and he does motivational videos where it's like, again, like five to seven minutes. And it's like this speech he gives to help you be more than who you are today. Now he does the short videos for the most part. And then he does every now and then he does like a longer video, but the fact that so many people are committed to Jay Shetty's videos, like watching them, they'll watch the longer videos as well as the short ones because of who Jay Shetty is and what he does. Yeah. I think I know exactly who you mean. Cause I, I'm, I'm sure I've gone past a, like I've heard of a guy called Jay um, maybe not the surname, but he does do these videos and motivate you. I think maybe he put maybe a scenario in some of the videos and what you could do to maybe uh, get past them or something like that. So I know exactly who you mean. And his, um, his, his videos are quite good. I've watched a couple of them. Yeah, he's a really, he's a really cool guy. Made a lot of amazing content. And yeah, um... Sorry, I pulled the sorry, I just pulled the blank in my mind for a bit. So it's kind of stuff like that that I want to do is that not just to make entertaining videos, but videos that can have an impact on the viewers to maybe challenge their way of thinking, like maybe rethink about certain things they thought about before, or maybe just to reinforce an idea that they had before. And basically something to take away from the video maybe it was just the jokes and the visuals just having a good time or maybe they got some helpful tips from the video as long as the audience takes away something something positive from my content then i know i've done my work yeah yeah as long as you take some like out of what you're doing it's uh it's the most important thing because like um it's it, i suppose it's um a hobby as well, like like making these um like, like the content you do as well. Uh yeah, absolutely. So it's been a lot of fun. It's opened a lot of doors for me, and I'm really glad that I got to do this opportunity and still do it to this day. Yeah, yeah. And you, the name of your YouTube channel, um, um, Stephen. Like, how 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 did you decide? Because I know, like, with kind of like when you first had an idea to create a channel, I suppose a name maybe is maybe like quite hard, maybe like, so how did that? Oh, it is, it is definitely challenging to come up with a name for the channel because like one, it has to be something that's unique. It can't just be God Slayer seven, five, six, seven, five, seven, or something like that. Not if you want this to become something big, like something you can, make a name for yourself for it has to be something unique something that people haven't heard before like markiplier jacksepticeye like before those names came around would anyone really think about using a word named mark called markiplier or jacksepticeye no it was because those content creators combined different things about themselves and formed it all into one word now what me and thomas did for toastamac thomas is my younger brother yeah. What we did was we were brainstorming a lot of ideas. Well, I was anyway. Thomas kept naming names that might as well have been the names of football teams. 
So eventually I had to get creative. Well, Thomas might try to take some of the credit too, but we tried to combine our names into it. Like T-O is some of the first two letters of the word Thomas. S-T-E is the first three letters of Stephen. Then M-A-C is the first three letters of our last name, McAllister. So you put them all together and you got Toastamac. Like as soon as we got that name, we had to create the channel right away to make sure no one else took it. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, that is a, a good name. Like 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 combining like different yeah, things. Yeah, and as one. soon as you got the name for your project or your YouTube channel, or whatever, don't wait. Create that account right away because you never know if someone else is thinking the same idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you, you never know that you might come across another channel with the same name. And then you and then and then you come and say you took my name. Then things get really <laughs> awkward. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, yeah, I, I I can tell that is the hardest name, like the, the hardest thing I suppose to create the name. And once you got the name, it's well, just... it's like for a lot of things in life is that the hardest thing is usually getting started. Then yeah. later on down the road, you start to pick up on a few things. Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, I know what you mean. Like it, it just it's, it goes slowly. I suppose you you get the one thing in place. Um, maybe deciding before you create the channel is like how how are you gonna do this? Um, it may it may change. Maybe the channel may change like throughout. You may start to do something one way and then decide I want to do something a bit um not not the same as that. I want to change it a little bit. So um, I think. It's like your own channel. You you you, you do uh, as you do, and um, I suppose it gets uh, it gets stronger as uh, time goes on. Because um, with your channel, Stephen, like it's been it's been nine years now, so it, it would have um, well, like, seven years for oh, the oh, YouTube oh, channel. Yeah, oh, seven years. Um, so it, it would have uh, got, it would have grown, like I suppose, each year a little bit. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's it's a constant grind, pretty much like a constant effort to keep growing and promoting your work. And the other thing is the big thing is not being afraid of change because everything changes over time. And the trick with helping yourself stand out from the crowd is trying to figure out what you do that separates you from others that keeps the audience coming back for more. So when I found out the autism videos were doing better than the gaming videos, that's when I started to do that gradual shift from a gaming channel to an autism channel, because I knew that's what was working. That's what the people wanted to see. Yeah. And you, and you just do like the autism videos or, or do you still do the gaming ones? Well, one of the things I do as part of a tradition for Toast Mac is the month of April is usually Autism Awareness Month, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like for me, I talk about autism all the time, regardless of the time of the year. So I figured that would just be redundant for me. So what I do for April is that each year for the month of April, I do something different. I do something, maybe it's something for fun, or maybe it's a possible addition to the YouTube channel. So... Example, a couple of years ago, I did a series called Autism Career Month, where I walk the audience through the process of like how to write a resume, how to do well in an interview, how to keep your job when you get it, and what to do if you get fired. 
So that's like a helpful resource for those trying to get into the working world. And then this year, I did Toast to Mac Yu-Gi-Oh month. It's something a little bit more fun, but that was like the most complicated video project I've ever done because it wasn't just recording me and Thomas um, playing a card game and that's it. I wanted to go a step further because again, I wanted to separate from the rest of the crowd. So what I did was I looked online through DeviantArt and saw some people who created the, um, the mats and the imagery that I needed for the videos. And I had to remember to get their permission to use them in the videos because they want credit. Um, then once that was done, I had to look at a different website for all the different um, for all the different images of the cards that were played during the game. Then after that, you have to put all the images in, but not just random. You, you, I had to play around with the layers for a bit. Like I had to make sure like one card is supposed to overlap another. This card right here should not be visible and stuff like that. The timing, the direction, the size, the angle, the layers, the positions, all of that had to be taken into account. So the videos were a lot of fun to record. It was probably the most complicated video project I have ever done. But, and it's like the videos themselves got like a little less than a hundred views each. But for me, the views was not the point of Toast to Mac Yu-Gi-Oh month. If, if viewership was the point, I would have done something else. The point was to make the point of what April means to Toastamac is to try something new each time, to not be afraid to go beyond the boundaries of what, you're, you, what you usually do. Variety is the spice of life and status quo is the starch. So it's one of those things of like not being afraid of change and not being afraid to try new things. I mean, would I like more people to watch the Yu-Gi-Oh videos? Well, yeah, absolutely. But it was just something fun for me and Tom's to do at that time. And I already got something planned for next April, but I got to keep a tight lip on that one. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, what did you do well, like this year, April, for, like, for, for the month? Oh, this year was the Toast Mac Yu-Gi-Oh month. Oh, oh, it was this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've already got something in mind for next year. Yeah, I already got a topic in mind for next year in April. But another thing I did in July, and it was actually uh, my mom's idea. My mom is well known throughout the Boy Scout Association, and she does classes with them, like online classes. But we had to attend a family gathering during the time she was supposed to teach. So originally the plan was I would record my mom giving the presentation, like add a nice background, do the slide PowerPoint thing. And then that was pretty much it. But what happened was the students who attended the classes liked the video so much that they wanted to have them always accessible. So from there, what we had to do is we had to get permission from the Baltimore Area Council of the Boy Scout Association to use those YouTube videos on my channel. 
because even though I created the content, even though I created the content, and this is where things get a little complicated, even though I made the videos, they were meant for the sake of an educational tool for the Boy Scout Association. So under that technicality, it technically made those videos theirs. So I had to get a permission from the Baltimore Area Council to use these videos in the channel. Not only that, I had to put a little disclaimer at the beginning of the video, you know, to make it all official, to let them know that this does not belong to Toastamac. This um, is being used with permission of the Boy Scout Association in order for us to do it. So now those videos are accessible to everybody and they're loved and adored across the nation. So that's another big thing. But, but, but there you go. And it's just like, I suppose, promoting like your channel as well, even though it was more for the, the scouts, but you're, you're, you're right. And originally channel. I didn't plan on it being part of the YouTube channel. It was just something for mom to do. But when mom told me about how the students were loving the content, um, that was when I was thinking, okay, maybe I could put it on the channel. So we had to ask around for permission and then we went from there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then like, uh, your channel's in a good place. Um, like, like, as you said, but not that far off, um, um, a thousand. And, uh, yeah, like, it's been, um, it's in a pretty good place right now, but, um, once we hit, once Toastamac hits the 1000 milestone, then I have to think about making some changes to the videos because once you get to a thousand subscribers and enough viewership, you can monetize the videos you make, but there is some red tape to navigate around. Like I'm not going to be able to monetize most of the older videos I made because the imagery that I use for the autism videos is for personal use and when you make videos or monetize the videos then it becomes commercial use and that could violate some copyright issues so what i would need to do at that point is either find a website that has the png images i need for commercial use or try to rethink how i do the autism videos entirely because once we get that milestone, the next step is to be able to monetize and make money off the video work. Like if you're good at something, don't do it for free. No, like I, I like you do have quite a lot of people who who do the videos and get paid on YouTube because they because they really enjoy it. Yeah, and being paid on YouTube isn't exactly easy. Like if <clears throat> even if I hit that thousand subscriber and start monetizing videos, they'll probably like pennies worth from there because the algorithm for YouTube is always changing and it's kind of complicated. So the, what happens is they put ads on your YouTube channel and whenever the audience watches the ads, then the content creator gets paid a certain percentage from the overall profit like a lot of it goes to youtube a lot of it goes to the advertisers and then some of it goes to the content creators so we're not really 
left with much. Like we're imagining like those with millions of subscribers making thousands and thousands of dollars, like living in nice luxury homes or stuff like that. But it's not that simple. There's a lot more complications to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like you have all like, like I suppose it depends like how, how you do it because like, um, like, like there are like lots of people get loads of followers and then um, maybe just for playing a game or, or, or doing like, um, like I, I say, like, uh, like maybe doing like football trips or something like that. But like, if, like we said before, if you put your mind to something and you set those goals, like because the good thing about goals, Stephen, is once you finish them, so you can set more. And then you get to them, and then set more. But yeah, like it's a, it's a good aim to 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 aim for like uh, possibly getting paid. Uh, like maybe on a much at first, but it's a start. Right, right. It's always the start, and the starting point is usually the hardest step. And once you go further down the road, it become well. I wouldn't necessarily say it becomes easier, but I will say that you start to grow more on that journey. You do, yeah. Like, like, like you. Yeah, I think, like, we're just talking about it and raising awareness, and like that, that just like grows like your confidence as well. But I think that's quite important, isn't it, to having a YouTube channel and to having a, a channel uh, of you and like like, mm-hmm. like people seeing you because I think like like confidence is a, a big impact. Yeah, it definitely helped with. Um my confidence over the years because like back before the youtube channel i was always shy i was always nervous but as i started to do the youtube videos as i started to grow my own personality that's when i started to get more confident in myself not just with the youtube channel but also other stuff in the real world yeah yeah i i think i i i didn't create my podcast since um since last year so um, mm-hmm. But before then, I, I was confident with was, was certain things, but um, I was diagnosed when I was autism, but nine I was, and I wasn't confident at first, uh, uh, Stephen, I, I, I was a bit like you, I was a bit shy, I wouldn't ask for help if I needed it, um, I, I, I would just say I knew it, because if other people in the class knew what um, they were doing, I didn't want to be the other one out saying, oh, I don't know what to do, so um but but now but nowadays i've grown my confidence i've done a, a confidence building program for for other people that um um want to gain their confidence which are i found was, found was uh fun i could just l- l- learn about the different things and how, how people like deal with things as well but um but yeah it does take time like to to, to gain that confidence like nowadays if um i need help with something and someone else knows it or I'm the other one out or I, 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 I'm not that worried about it anymore like um I, I was supposed to I'll just laugh about it <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I, I'll laugh and I'll say uh I make a little joke sometimes like um I, 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 you know what you're doing part don't <laughs> but um but yeah it takes time to to gain that confidence but when you have that confidence um um it's it, it, it's good yeah, a little bit of confidence can really go a long way. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I, I found that like um, with um, like how, how have you found with the, the pandemic as well, Stephen? Because like, how, have you had maybe more time to do videos? Um, no, because what happened was 
and I'm very thankful for this, but with the job that I have, I currently have, um, there was still a need for people to work there. So we weren't really affected at all. We were still going in regular hours, um, had to wear the face mask and all the safety procedures. So thankfully I did not lose my job. So um, I, there's still, it's still just as much time to work on the video work. And it's really important to keep the full-time job since I'm not making anything on the YouTube channel. Um, have to have some revenue coming in. So with the pandemic, um, it made the situation on the work field um, much harder, especially when it's in retail because uh, customers, or at least from what I've seen, have gotten more bitter over the years. Like they just want their stuff done. They want it out. They want it served to them on a silver platter. And if it's, uh, and if something went wrong, they want to talk to a manager right away and stuff like that. Um, so it's been, the work field has been very hard to, um, to work in, in terms of like mental health. Cause no one likes being treated like garbage, but that's happening a lot in the retail in recent years. Yeah. Um, and it's a good thing I do this YouTube channel because it gives me a nice mental break from that work environment. So there's, I definitely would not say that it's been easier for me during the pandemic. If anything, I would say it's uh, harder. Like I even made some videos when the pandemic was first starting out. I made some videos about what to do with COVID-19, shows like social distancing and um, being safe and all that stuff. So um, it was definitely a big challenge to deal with. It's still a challenge to deal with now since the pandemic's still ongoing. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that is hard, like, especially it's still here. Um, still around the world, um, yeah, it, it still affects us like mental health, like maybe um, like um, people are staying and like like jobs as well, and that has been a been a risk. And I'm just hoping people understand um, if you can't go in, but yeah, it is it is hard and still got COVID at the moment, but hopefully um, like because at times it's like up and down, isn't it? Sometimes like with COVID and and the pandemic, like um. Well, it's like it's because yeah. of the pandemic, but also like the mental state of the work field right now that there are still a lot of people that are not going into work. They want to get unemployment pay. They don't they just want to stay at home and do whatever they want. And what's the problem with that is, is that, well, two problems is one that leaves a lot of places short staffed. And they're not able to get the job done as efficiently if they were full staffed. The other issue is that that unemployment pay is small compared to the usual pay, and it's not going to last. Sooner or later, whether um, the people break the rules about the unemployment pay or something else happens at the White House, that unemployment may run out. And when that happens, then what? Now you got to get a job. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Like, like I suppose to get a job, um, like when you have autism, like in the UK, it, um, 
like like a lot of people do get judged for like like working like certain jobs and but having autism as well like if you can't do a certain thing they say they may say like you you can't do this um you may have to not work here because you can't do a certain thing you may take a longer time doing right. a certain thing so it's, it's hard and like getting jobs and i suppose the pandemic has uh, made that situation worse well um a couple things is that one of the things I mentioned in the Autism Career Month videos is that you don't necessarily have to disclose your autism during the interviews. You only disclose it if you feel comfortable with it. Because the problem is, even though it's not supposed to happen, there is some form of bias and prejudice that some people may just not want to work, may not want to hire autistic people just by looking at the label by itself and it's a shame because they're missing out on a lot of potential skill sets that could benefit their company like there are some companies like home depot and microsoft that are intentionally hiring individuals with autism because they know of the skill set that they bring to the table but that's not the case for every single uh, work environment so my recommendation was to only disclose the autism if you deem it necessary. Now, the other thing about uh, the work field and getting a job is that from what I've heard from some people, at least, that in some regards, it's actually a little bit easier because the way people are hiring right now is that they're, fo they're focusing less on like their education and what degree they got, but rather their skill set, what they bring to the table that's the main thing they're looking at right now in terms of hiring people yeah 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 I, I, I know what you mean like with like certain jobs like um every person will have um certain skills like everyone's not gonna have the same skills it's, it's like um if you have autism or not like um so, so, so someone may be a whiz on the computer but they don't they have to work it and then so, so someone else may even not get that as much like um i suppose with like like being a, a contact creator, Stephen, maybe um, you have to know the certain thing, maybe off a computer, I suppose. Well, I mean, knowing a thing or two about computer work does necessarily help. Um, it also helps knowing the editing software. It's like Adobe Premiere, Adobe Audition, Adobe Photoshop, all those things. Um, so, yeah, you need to know a few computer stuff in order to make good um, content for YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, and like um, yeah, and and, and like 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 that's your skills. Like for me, I'm not the the, the best at um being like um using Adobe or or like so a uh, content creator. Even though I do take I, I do create some content like um like like with like with the podcast and like uh, it's it's similar to when you create a YouTube channel. I suppose like you have to have these things in place like a logo where I suppose with YouTube channel you need that as well um so um a logo is as a standout I suppose uh, as well I think yeah at first glance it can be intimidating but once you actually get your feet in the water start to learn how it works then it becomes a lot more comfortable for you to work in that kind of field and it could be for any kind of field really like it may seem intimidating at first but once you start practicing at it eventually you'll get the hang of it yeah 
Yeah, it's like anything, isn't it? Like the more you practice at something, um, the 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 more you get the hang of it, and and you'll find it easier. Um, because right. like um, we all find things hard. Like um, it's it's part of life, isn't it? <laughs> because we all we all we all find something hard. Like there might be a certain thing, like um, like about saying a certain thing, like maybe of autism, for example. Like you you're you're going to the workplace and. You may find it hard to explain it autism to people that may not understand or know it, about it as much as yourself. Yeah, in terms of like the work field, I wouldn't really, I try not to disclose my autism unless I deem it necessary because um, in the work field, I don't need every single customer or every single um, person that goes to the store to know I have autism. Like if they figure it out on their own, okay, that's fine and dandy, but I'm not going to tell every single person about it because everyone thinks about it differently. And if you try to please everybody, you'll just end up exhausted with very little or nothing gained from it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing you can tell whoever you want or you, or you don't have to, but, um, or maybe in the workplace, maybe if it's, uh, I suppose it depends if you're how, how you're doing like if uh, if you find it hard or you might find it really easy so there may not be a need to say it but um like it's just a personal choice isn't it yeah it's more of a personal choice than um anything else so ultimately it's up to you yeah it's up to you and um yeah it, it like um it, in the past I've been to a workplace and I um I did explain it because um, more the fact it was um, because no one heard of it before, um, and yeah, and you get that, and I, I was pretty shocked. Um, I was, and I, um, I said I have autism um, to the people who I thought um, was important to tell, and they, um, they 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 said they heard of it, but they didn't know what it was, and um, I was I was pretty shocked because um, uh, I thought because autism has been around a while um that they would know like the uh, little bit of that about it at least but um but they didn't so i had to explain my autism and explaining that it's different for everyone so for me um at the time i may find it hard to ask for help if i need it um and for someone else they might not need to so it was uh i suppose it's tough because it is hard to explain autism yeah and one thing I've learned from chemistry class, probably the only thing I've learned from chemistry class is to not assume anything. A lot of people wouldn't know about, a lot of people know about autism since there's an increased rate of diagnosis, but that doesn't translate to every single person knows about autism. Sooner or later, you're going to run to a few people that would ask like what autism is and what does it mean? Then as members of the autistic community, be it content creators or not, um, if we understand autism, it's kind of like we have an obligation to um, educate them about what autism is. Because if there are some people that are desperate for answers, the, that desperation may lead them to the wrong conclusion or like the wrong sources to look into. So as people in the autistic community, we kind of have a responsibility to educate them about what autism really is. And part of it is just not 
not assuming that every single person knows about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, that is what sometimes you kind of sometimes think because like because it's not anything, isn't it? Like the more you learn about something, um, the more you'll know about it yourself, and like not everyone will. Like if they don't have it themselves, then they, I suppose they don't have no need to like. Like not not know about it, or or there might be a need for some person, maybe like um a, ch- a child's got diagnosed with autism and their family need to know about it because uh, because they're quite young and and they do the, the family need to probably learn about it and what it is um and yeah so like it, it, it's a like it's, again it's a personal choice if you want to learn about it you don't have to um like people who don't don't have autism but um but just, it's just important uh well but that, that, that's why we like to raise awareness isn't it just, just maybe make maybe people who are unsure what it is uh, maybe just let them know what it is a little bit right exactly yeah yeah because it's uh i suppose it's good fun isn't it just just talking about it because there's so much you can talk about isn't there Stephen? uh yeah in my case sometimes a little bit too much like at times that uh kind of stop myself from talking too much otherwise i'd be probably going on and on and on all day <laughs> yeah but um just the last thing Stephen, before we uh before we finish um mm-hmm. if you could just say like where people can maybe find your your youtube channel if they ever want to have a listen to it yeah absolutely um you could find the toast to mac channel on youtube you just go to youtube type in t-o-s-t-e M-A-C, and you can find the YouTube channel then. We do content on Saturday mornings, most of them anyway. Um, we also have a Twitch channel under the same name, Toastamac, where Thomas and I do live streams on Sundays, and Thomas does some streams of his own during the weekdays. So if you want a bit more entertainment, you can just head over to Twitch and check out the stuff then. You can also find Toastamac on Facebook. That's where I do the majority of the promoting and whatnot. And then we also have the Toastamac website where you can uh, get your copy of these books while they're still in stock, while supplies last. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely we'll have to have a look at, at your books, then because I think that's brilliant. But um, but yeah, like I think Stephen said, um, that's where you can find all, all, all his great work, his YouTube channel, and all the, all the great content he creates. But, uh, well, thank you again, Stephen. It's been a really nice chat. No problem. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me here. Yeah. Thank you.